Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem BPM number 32. That's Bayez Panimi, um, Shia number 32 for the men. And uh, we're in the PDF discussing the 100 ways to love your wife in her own way. This is Be'ezus Hashem, the last year on this particular PDF on these 100 ways. But I will say, and uh, I really want to emphasize this, and I really want to plead with you, to please look at this and review it and think about it and practice these skills in loving your wife, in using the ideas that are brought down here to implement one or two or, or three each week and to focus on those and do your best to enhance um, this relationship with your wife as you give and as you express things in these ways. It may not come natural to you, uh, it may be awkward at the beginning, but please do so. And Bezaz Hashem, truth is that the, with the last few shiurim that we've been discussing over here about husbands doing things for their wives and loving them, uh, we also have counterpart shiurim for the women in the bias Pnimi groups of the women stressing the same thing because it's truly a two-way street. And we discussed that we're a little... Um, Behind, meaning it's, a, you know, just this, the timing of it is a little different. But Be'ez Hashem, planning on giving to them as well these 100 ways. Uh, I don't have the, a printout that has it going towards the husband, but I'm going to use this PDF and explain to them that almost everything that's written in here, that a husband needs to love his uh, wife in her way using these skills and tools that she the wife can turn and do the same thing for her husband as well so it's just something important i think you need to know because in general things oh that are written here are two-way streets because this is unique to every human being to become a better person themselves in their own self-work but again the idea being is that while it is true that we could discuss with each other things that bother us, discuss with each other how we both can improve collectively. But a big part of healthy marriage, a big part of being a healthy human being is one's own self-work, working on themselves. In turn, automatically, when you work on yourself, there is a positive uh, vibe and a positive influence you have on your husband or your wife that is seeing this and that is being influenced by that and it could be whether it may not be recognizable right away and this is one of those things i'm just going to repeat it now because it's it's such an important fact that the fact is that maybe many people fall into a yush they they sort of despair because they did daven hard and then they did put in the hard work that we're discussing here for a while it could be for a week two weeks even a month even four, five, six months, and they get discouraged because they expect, because based on doing these things, you expect that your wife, in in this case, would turn around already and shine back at you with warmth and love, and you don't see such a result yet. Or the other way around, when we go into the women's group and explain the same thing and their husbands don't yet they don't see that significant change and they get discouraged because I daven so hard and I put in such work and I haven't yet seen the results as as I would like to or or the, you know the needle moved very little 
And what one needs to know here is that is one of the keys of being a healthy adult and of being a mature person is the perseverance to, to, to basically to, to, to hold on strong and to say, day in and day out, I'm going to do this. First of all, it will change your life, your inner world drastically. You will become a happier healthier person regardless you'll become a closer to Hashem you'll feel better emotionally you'll feel better physically by engaging in these activities even if Lu right now you don't see any result coming from the other side from your wife towards you because of your better behaviors never give up on it keep on trying it is worth it mitzat atzmai regardless this is something very important to know very important to, 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 to explain. Now, we at the end of last year, we talked about not to belittle her feminine qualities. I'm just going to ex- go a little bit further into that to explain that it is true. We cannot fall prey to the messed up culture these days, especially in America and in Europe, where a man is not a man and a woman's not a woman, and then you're a gender, whatever you want to be a gender, and 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 all that type of things that are so so destructive. And what's very very important is the basic appreciation of the differences in gender. That's why in Birchas Hashachar, the men say Shaloyasani Isha, the women say Shasani Kirtzainai, because they are different and there are Ambifneatzma. It's separate. You have a small 0.5% or even less percent of the population that have some type of an emotional aspect to them where, or physical types of things where there are issues where a man does, has, does not have some qualities of a male and it is attributed to female qualities or vice versa that could happen on a physical level or sometimes on a psychological level. It's a very rare this, these, these cultures now, when you have people saying when they're men, I feel like a woman, women feel like a man, it's mostly a mishigas in their head. It's not based on reality of even their internal reality. That's one thing very important to know. But despite saying what I just said, that men are men and women are, men, are women, you, what's very important to know is that nevertheless, many men have and have developed some feminine qualities that are very positive and healthy, and many women develop some masculine qualities that are positive and healthy. That is called hiskalalus. That's called learning from each other, feeding from each other, and also expressing that. So, for example, even with tzaddikim gemurim, and people look down at it, but you have certain what we call masculine men, where men are very uh, uh, competitive, strong-minded, uh, powerful in their in their masculinity and it's very clear that they're that way then there are others big tzaddikim makes no difference who wonderful people that they are men and they're strong but they have a softer quality to them that their fem- that feminine aspect is within them and you have with women as well you have some women that are very feminine like and then there are others that have a certain level of a masculinity that is indeed healthy and appealing doesn't mean she starts wearing pants and cutting her hair and all of a sudden playing basketball. But what it means is, is that they have certain qualities that are very, uh, you know, that have that maybe that assertiveness or that, you know, competitive nature in, in certain ways 
that they don't necessarily need to quash. But the key really is, is nevertheless, you, 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 all, you know, for example, the man puts on tefillin, wears his talus, does everything men are mechuyiv to in his mitzvahs, despite the fact that he has also a certain feminine, compassionate nature in that, of that sort. And the, and, and the woman still lights the licht, and still dresses tzniyas, and still acts like a wife, despite the fact that she also, she has some uh, masculine qualities. Now, the truth be told, with a healthy human beings, men and women, it is very healthy to develop some aspects of each other into each other. And that's another reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought them together. They brought a man, for example, a male, the man, the husband, learns sometimes a certain softness from his wife that's very healthy for his personality. Hashem put them together for that reason. And you need to embrace that. To embrace that when she's sometimes softer or, or more in tune with her emotions, as an example. Okay, that till now, sometimes husbands look down at that, the fact that she's more emotional, more attuned to her feelings and her intuition. And a husband needs to know, no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put them together for that reason. You're not, doesn't mean that you're going to become her, but what you're going to do is express that tenderness, that softness, and that genuine emotion and get in touch with yourself. That's a healthy thing. That type of femininity is healthy to embrace to a certain degree. And with the wife as well, when she sees, when she's, for example, very soft-natured, not combative, or anything like that, and sometimes she sees in her husband a certain firmness or a certain principledness or a certain uh, focus, and she knows that that focus is healthy for her, she'll embrace those masculine qualities within herself to be a healthy, balanced human being. And that's something they learn from each other, something they teach each other, something they grow from each other in all aspects. And again, in the physical, intimate, sexual aspects, it works the same way. Even though we know normally in the husbands, he provides and she receives, very often you reverse that. You reverse that. Sometimes a wife, it's healthy to express certain healthy aggressiveness or, or a healthy, you know, um, giving in that sort in the sexual, physical, intimate realm. And he receives and is allowed to receive and does receive. That his scholarless is healthy. To bring it into Tyra terms, the Balatanya talks about it, others talk about it, that we know that is an example. Beis Shammai was generally more stringent. Beis Hillel was generally more lenient over 90% of the time, because that was their tchunas nefesh that were put into them. Not that to say that Tyra, this is the interesting thing, Tyra is pure, and, and, and but Hashem made it that way, that just like water is in a, in a, um, in a red-tinted glass will look a little reddish, and Tyra in a blue-tinted glass will look a little blue, but the water in there is pure. The Ramak gives us mashal for many aspects of Kabbalah, so the same thing over here. The water is Tyra. The Tyra is Tyra. But in Beishamai, it's a keli of gavura, of strength. So it comes in the, that form. And that's why they're generally more stringent. And the Beishillel, it comes, the Tyra, the pure Tyra comes into their lens of their keli, which is more of chesed. And that's why they tend to be more lenient. But we know Mesechtis Idias. There's something called Mikulei Beishamai or Mikhomrei Beishillel, where they, where, where the Beishamai, despite the, fact, despite the fact that most often they are stringent, and some Achleikasin, you'll see they're very, very lenient. 
and then Beis Hillel that are generally more more um, lenient. They'll be more strict. I think the first Mishnah neither the Gemara Idias goes through the list. Or Beis you go into Perkei Avis. He's the one that says which is unusual, you know, to treat each other with a smiley face, with a pleasant disposition. It's Beis talking. So, again, that integration is healthy. Therefore, when we talked in the later part of last year and what we mentioned up to this point, not to belittle her feminine characteristics. Realize that there's great value to it. First of all, even if you don't have it, your children, the the input that they need from you, maybe, is a, is, is a different input than from their mother. They're both needed, and it's to be respected. And some things you learn and you adapt in your personality too. That's called hiskalalus. That's why Torah always is like that. Where Beis Hillel some, very often or sometimes could be stringent. And Beis Hillel, Beis Shammai could be lenient. And they need to. And they need to. And they had tremendous respect for each other like the Gemara Yavam is brought down. So that's very, very important. And then the next thing is to let her express herself freely without fear of being called stupid or illogical. Very important. Even from your facial expressions, be very careful and realize there's a teichin to what they're saying. Even if they're upset, let's say, and they seem irrational to you because they're upset or whatever it is, you go behind with the words. Realize that, number one, there are certain words that they're saying or some sentences that they're saying that has tremendous validity. Even if they're over-exaggerating something or said some things because they were upset in an extreme way, but there are some teichen in their words, words that are that have real teichen to it and substance. And number two is even if that's not the case, and right now she's so upset and that she's saying things that are really uh, not tzimzach, like they say, and not 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 you know not clear. But then you still don't you don't disparage her. Realize there's a valid emotion behind it, and she cannot be afraid to talk to you. That's very, very important. Some of you have a more tougher personality or are harsh or discount things that she said or get annoyed when she expresses herself in a more feminine way or feeling way or emotional way. You, you, can, you cannot get to the point where she is afraid of you or afraid or feels that you'll disrespect her when she talks to you that way. She needs to be totally free without fear, without fear of judgment, without fear of anger from you, to be able to allow herself to express herself even when she's not at her best. Even when she's not at her best. Even when she's in a bad mood or upset and, and, and she's just letting things out. To not, She should not be afraid when she's upset to talk to you. And that's a very important point. The next one, which Rav Pam used to talk about all along, is choose carefully your words, especially when you're angry. Rapam used to say very often to us as Bachram when we were dating and said that if married couples would be even, I forgot the percentage he said, 50%, 70%, 80%, whatever it is, careful, as careful as they are with their wives as they are married, as they were when they were dating each other, to be careful how, how you choose your words and what you say, most of the Shalom bias problems that we have today would not exist. Many, many divorces. Rav Miller talked about it. Rav Pam talked about it. Heard it from both of them. 
many, many times, and others that I read from Svarim from them and what they said in Shiurim, many, many times, that very often when divorces happen, it's not the etzem thing that happened that created that divorce situation. Even if there was a one hurt each other deeply, and I'm not, it's not I'm not making excuses. It has to be worked on. It has to be corrected. It has to be repaired. All of that is true, and it, but so, but nevertheless, they could repair it. They could work through it, and they could heal on those etzem things that were done incorrectly, or they hurt each other for. But what usually happens in divorces is when there are the differences could be worked out, but because the words were harsh and insensitive and you weren't careful how you spoke to each other, that spiraled things out of control, that even things that they, they forgot even what they initially were arguing about many times. And that is a key cause of major divorces or lack of shalom bias. Of course, do not criticize her in front of others. We spoke about this before. It says here, do not let her see you become excited about the physical features of another woman. First of all, we have, again, the Loisa Suru. We shouldn't do this regardless. Not because of whether your wife notices or doesn't notice. This is something very important to know. The idea, and we really should, as a Shed, give more Shurim to explain this aspect. To explain this aspect of why that besides the fact, it makes no difference. You have to have your Shmira Seinayim. But especially with your wife, you know, if, if you fell into something, whatever it is, be careful. Be careful. It's very, very insensitive that in front of your wife, you're looking at another woman or you seem excited talking to another woman. It, 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 it's, it's very, very um, hurtful. So besides the Beinadam Lamokim of the Shmir Seinayim that Hashem wants you to do, there's a Beinadam L'chaveri aspect of, 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 of a Derech Eretz towards it. And you don't become excited or talk about physical features of another woman. You don't talk about another woman in general in, in a positive light in their, regarding their physical features. And it's really unhealthy for many, many reasons. It's very unhealthy in general how many men look at women. And the other way around too, to be fair, how many women look at men in different aspects that are really unfair. They unfear and they put them in compartments and they uh, comp- you know, and and they, uh, you know, look at them in a certain vein. And when you, that's a general um, mahalach, by the way, that's very important in life, especially for husbands that have to deal with women because they have no choice, whether in business, whether rabbeim and PTAs, whether rabbonim, when you have a couple coming in or a wife coming in with shilas, it's a nesayin. There's there's no way to get around it. It is a nesayin, and one needs to learn to train themselves when they need to interact with other women to do it in a respectful way, to do it with healthy boundaries that we talked about, and to understand that. And there should be a certain level of tremendous respect. And that respect helps with the loisasuru. If you, if you have respect for a woman that's coming to you, then you know just simple common sense, even if we would be non-Jews without those certain restrictions on, on certain things, you would still understand that you're not looking at this person based on their physical features or any sexual aspects. Same thing with when men looking at women looking at men, not because of status or the way they look or, or their prestige. No, 
you look at them as a fellow human being when it's necessary to interact with them and do that in a healthy way. Now, I thought this would be the last year, but we're going to do one more, Be'ez Hashem. Bracha and Atzlachem.